today is a special day. Um, I've, I have a good relationship with my mother, and I'm thankful for that. But I recognize that um, there may be some here today who are spending this Mother's Day um, without their mom. Maybe she's passed away, or maybe there was some challenges, were some challenges in your relationship at some point. Um, My heart goes out to you today uh, in the absence of your mother. And leading up to Mother's Day this week, I've thought a lot about my mom. Trying to not be emotional. I don't know what's come over me. (laughs) Thought about a lot about my mom. And uh, we've talked several times this week. And she's just such a blessing. It's just such a blessing to have had a godly, good influence in my life. And uh, we talked about something, a, a stressor of some sort. Um, and she said, you know, I remember uh, in the days when you boys were little and we were so stressed out and we were so worried. And I said, Mom, you know what? I literally don't remember that. I, I don't. Uh, and maybe if that's you and you had an upbringing that's similar you can try. I mean, I tried to think about some moments, and I know we had some hard moments, and I've shared some great testimonies of what God did in moments of hardship, but those things, they don't really stick out. It's the time together. It's the special trips. It's the movie night on the couch. It's all of those little things that really made a huge impact in my life, and so it's, it's an honor to be able to talk about mothers today. I want to share with you a message called Lasting Legacy. Um, I want to define what a legacy is today. Some of you, uh, I'm sure all of you are educated enough to have have a, a good strong guess at what it is. But I want to put a definition for you on the screen. Legacy defined would be something that's transmitted or received from an ancestor or a predecessor. And I think that each mother in this room hearing this message today, has the potential to pass on something that is positive and beneficial to their children. You say, well, pastor, I'm a grandmother. How does this apply to me? Your job's not done either. Your job is still an active role in life today in the lives of those children who you call grandchildren. Some of you may even have great-grandchildren and are blessed to be living in the same period of time as them. And we're so thankful for those opportunities. But a legacy is important. We all leave something behind. Chances are when I die, I'm going to leave some bills behind. (laughs) Praise God. That's a good thing. Um, What else are you going to leave behind? You're going to leave behind maybe the house if you've paid your final note on it. Uh, You're going to leave behind some possessions. But really, truly, you're going to leave behind relationships. There'll be people gathered in a room grieving the loss of your presence with them. And your presence as a mother, and each one of us this message applies to, even if you're not a mother, um, the men in the room too, the legacy that we build is of the utmost importance. And it's something that I think sometimes we just take real casual and we're not intentional about it. But I want to tell you this, today's actions and decisions determine the legacy that you leave. And that's a really big responsibility. The actions that we take and the decisions that we make today help determine the legacy that we leave behind. 
I'm really thankful, like I said, for my own mother and wish she, she could be here today. But mothers are some of the most impactful people that the world has ever known. And historically, they've been the primary caretakers of children. Now, that is true even in the modern time. We've had several generations of a, a shift, if you want to call it that, with gender roles. We've seen women in the workplace and all the things. But here's the deal. My wife works, I'm just going to take a stab, on average, 50 to 60 hours a week. I hope no one's watching this from where she works and gets paid the equivalent of 20, okay? She's a teacher, okay? Give it up for teachers, right? They work and work and work for the pay that they receive. She does that. She carts the kids to and from here and there. They want to go here. The other one wants to go here. This past week, one had a production we had to go to on one night, the next night. She's, she faithfully serves in those roles. She faithfully serves as your first lady here in the church. I'm thankful for that. You individually as women and mothers serve many different roles and have many different hats, but you still play a primary role in the lives of your children. And I'm going to say this just as a caution up front, and there is no guilt involved in this. If you're a grandmother or a mother, don't let the world raise your kid. Can I get an amen? Okay, there's some real bad, ugly stuff and people out there that want to influence your children and your grandchildren. So we've always remarked when we go to a restaurant, and we've been this family a time or two, where we're like, okay, mommy and daddy just want to talk without y'all gabbing. Y'all can play on your devices. The thing is, is if you go to Cracker Barrel and you look at a family who's sitting there and their kids have no interaction with the parents, they're just playing on that device 24 hours a day, it seems like, then they're not getting that legacy from you. They're getting values from somewhere else. So we've got to guard against that. There's nothing wrong with doing it every once in a while, but there's a real guarding that needs to be present for the legacy that you build. Mom, you hold an incredible amount of influence in the lives of your children and for those of you who are grandmothers in the lives of your grandma your grandchildren as well the investment that you put in the circle of influence i would say is greater in scope than you realize and it's bigger than you ever could imagine when a mother leaves this earth hopefully she leaves behind a good godly positive legacy but sadly, there are some here today, probably, who didn't have the benefit of a positive legacy. They may have received a negative legacy. Maybe you've had strained or complicated relationships with your mom. Maybe there's unresolved hurts. Maybe there's issues that have yet to be um, resolved or determined. But today, I want to offer you hope in the midst of that. Maybe you're a grandmother here or a mother-in-law here and you're struggling in that phase of your relationship. There's hope, even in the midst of what you face that has been negative. On the flip side, a lot of us have had a positive legacy given to us from our mothers. I know for me, I've seen her unconditional love. I've seen her strength through many storms. Many, many storms. It could be said of probably every good mother in this room. But her kindness to me, seeing her unwavering faith 
in the midst of some very big challenges in her life, seeing her sacrifice time and time again has really contributed to who I am as a person. Everything good about me comes from God and my parents. <laughs> Everything bad is probably my own creation, okay? So uh, just putting that out there uh, in case mom watches this, just know how important she is. But having a good legacy given to us, we should be grateful for it, but we should really seek to improve that legacy and pass it on to our children and our children's children. Today, I, I want to give you some practical ways that you can build a positive legacy, but I also want to give you some actions that I think a few of us might need to take in order to overcome a negative legacy that was handed down to us. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 31. You knew this would come out because it's Mother's Day. <clears throat> Proverbs 31. Uh, it depicts a woman who has, is constantly working to build a positive enduring, lasting legacy. And it shows her as a strong, godly woman that runs her business, runs her home, and she makes everybody proud, especially her husband and her kids. Look at what it says in verse 25. It says, Strength and dignity are her clothes, and she laughs at the days or the time to come. Why does she laugh at the day or time to come? I'm asking moms. Because she's ready. Because she's prepared. She's like, I got this. Okay? She may not totally got this, but she thinks she got this. And she's got she's to be ready. So I, I looked at that this week and I thought, you know, there is a confident resolve in the heart of a mother that says, it's going to be okay. I know it hurts. I know this has caused some damage. I know there's chaos. I know fill in the blank. But tomorrow will be a whole nother day. That's the hope that a mother's heart holds. Look at what it says in verse 26. It says, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Can I just tell you, my wife has taught me about kindness as she's taught our children about kindness. I've absorbed some of it. She probably wishes I absorbed a whole lot more, but I've absorbed some of it. Verse 27 says, she looks well to the ways of her household. If I went to your house today, is it clean? <laughs> is there laundry in different places? Yeah. How long has it been since it's been vacuumed? A week? A couple days? A month? Okay, yesterday? <laughs> yeah. So, but listen, there's no guilt. Life is busy. Our life and times are different than they were in Bible days. But there are still, still character traits and qualities that we can adapt or adopt, I should say, adopt for the here and now. She looks well to the ways of her household. It doesn't mean every floor is clean and every pair of underwear is folded, right? Come on. Amen, women. All right. But she does not eat the bread of idleness. Another word you could use there would be laziness. She's not lazy. She's always busy helping someone, doing something, improving something. Verse 28 says this, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. And it has this quote, this next verse in quotation marks, as if it was spoken by the writer. 
Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. What a powerful, positive legacy. What a godly example it is. It's something worth striving for, for every one of us, but obviously for the moms here today in the room. Remember the definition of a legacy, something that's transmitted or received from an ancestor. So it can be positive or negative. Here's the hope that I offer today. If you've received a negative legacy, with God's help, you can overcome it. Amen? Like, that's incredible. And if you've received a positive legacy, with God's help, you can improve that and pass it on to the next generation. So a legacy really, like, it's a big, all-encompassing sort of thing to talk about. But I just wanted to focus on three major facets of what a legacy in the context of what we're talking about today would involve. And they are these. Number one, there's a spiritual facet. We'll, we'll break each one of them down. There's an emotional facet and there's a social facet. Let me say this to you, though, very clearly as well. It's not in my notes, but the Lord has prepared my heart to make sure that I give this caveat. I don't know how churchy you are, and I'm not sure what your background is. But in the church world, there has been developed a word or phrase from years ago, and they use the phrase generational curse. That is to say, my mother was an alcoholic, her son became an alcoholic, my children will become alcoholics, that sort of thing, and that there's no hope in that. We believe that God created each and every one of us with a free will. And yes, your environment influences your life for sure, but you have choices to make. And that's what today is all about because we have choices to make as mothers. You as mothers have choices to make about their spiritual health and their growth, about their emotional wholeness and their healing and their growth, and about their social life and their social um, constraints and activities. So the first thing to do is to build a positive spiritual legacy. And I think it's important for us to talk about that we adopt attitudes and beliefs about spiritual matters from somewhere. We get it from a source. So I've talked to some people with some wacky theology and wacky beliefs, and they got it from somewhere. They got it from a book or somebody influential spoke to them about it, made them believe it, and then they started believing it and kept on going with it. You, as an individual mother, are one of the most important influencers in the spirituality of your children. So take it for what it is and use it. Take initiative. Present your faith to your children. You may not have all the answers to their questions about God. Can I just be honest with you? I'm a pastor. I went to school for this. I don't have all the answers, okay? My kids have asked some tough questions, and I've been like, hmm, okay, it's time for dinner. <laughs> you know, like, uh, uh, we, we may not have all the questions or all the answers to all of their questions. You may even struggle periodically as a mother in your own personal faith. But you have a responsibility to share your faith and your spiritual values with your children and raise them Proverbs 22, verse 6 assures us that when we do this, 
It says this. can't see it on that back screen. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So the assurance is there that if you put the right building blocks in place, it's just a waiting game and a faith game as you wait for the fruit to bear out. I know my mother is waiting for that to happen for one of her sons. She trained him up the way he should go and is waiting for that moment that he does not depart from the faith. That's not me. Okay, moving on. Uh, Many scriptural examples of uh, the spiritual facet of a legacy exist, but Lois and Eunice come to mind. And you might be sitting there going, who and who? (laughs) The two ladies in the Bible. Does anybody know who they are? Just lift your hand if you know who they are. Okay, a couple of us. I'll tell the rest of you who they are. They are Timothy's mother and grandmother. You can hear about them in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I don't have the verse selected for you for the screen, but 2 Timothy 3, Paul is talking about the blessing that these two women were, and he gives them credit for having raised Timothy in the faith. Timothy is one of the most influential pastors in the early church. And he got there as a result of having a faith, a spiritual legacy handed and built into him from an early age by his mother and his grandmother. How cool would it be for the Apostle Paul to have gone into your city and said, Hey, I'm looking for somebody who's faithful, who's had a good upbringing, who who knows God deeply and personally. And you're able to say, yes, that's my child. Take this one. So Timothy is an amazing, amazing example of what a spiritual legacy can do. The church is here for you to support you as you raise your children. But we are not the ones who are supposed to raise your children. The schools that you send your children to are there as a support. They are not supposed to raise your children. God gave you the responsibility. And many of you do it so well, and you need to hear me today. I'm thankful that you do. I'm extremely proud that you do. Some of you who are mothers are sitting in this room with your daughters. And that's incredible to see that legacy being passed on. But let us be challenged and encouraged to not give up and to keep pushing forward to make sure that we help our children truly have a spiritual legacy. A lot of times when you talk to people, they perceive God the way they perceive their parents. I had a buddy like this. He really, it took him years to get over the fact that God wasn't angry with him 100% of the time because he grew up in a household where his father was abusive and angry. And that's how he viewed God. And he's not alone. So what what we are portraying to them is what they begin to perceive, not just about who we are as parents, who you are as a mother, but who God is. So if our parents were loving and affirming, forgiving, all those things, caring, then they tend to look at God that way as well and see him that way. So there are a couple questions you can ask yourself about um, if you're building the, the correct spiritual legacy. The first question is this. Do the children, do your children know that God is real and that he loves them? 
You say, well, my children are grown now. We don't have conversations like that anymore. You still can. You're still mama. They still call you when they need something. (laughs) And sometimes you call them when you want to talk and you catch up and that kind of thing. Do they see you living out your faith? Do they know that God means something to you? Do you prioritize spiritual activities over secular activities? I hate to tell you this, but I'm just going to be really gut-wrenchingly vulnerable. Do you know why pastors encourage church people to not skip church? Do you know why? It's not because they need more money in the offering that Sunday. It's not because they need somebody to serve in the nursery that day. It's because they want to help you build a spiritual legacy and prove to your children that God is of the utmost importance. And if soccer, football, whatever else comes up, we can do that later. They've got to see that. I think that might be the reason that we had three services a week as kids. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and mom went to some Bible study, and dad probably went to Saturday uh, with the men to do stuff at the church, like literally involved all the time. And you say, well, that's a strange thing. Y'all, you're just a pastor's kid. No, like that was everybody that I knew <laughs> did that. And there were lots of opportunities. So if I missed out on one, I could catch up in the next one. We don't have that same sort of world that we're living in and model today. So it's a little different. We've got to prioritize. I heard somebody talking about COVID this morning. Not that they have it, okay? But talking about when we did drive-in church. Uh, That was really, really unique and awesome. I wouldn't mind doing it again. I I really wouldn't, just not all the time. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. But I'll say this. I say that to say we prioritized a spiritual activity even in the midst of a pandemic. Because God's important. And if, if you just live out your life, you don't have to be preachy about it. If you just live out your faith in front of your children and your grandchildren, they will adopt a spiritual legacy. Do you steer conversations about faith in the direction of God? If you answered yes to some of those questions, then you're building a spiritual legacy. You are doing the good work of building that spiritual legacy. So I say continue. The second thing that we've got to do that you as mothers need to focus on is to build a positive emotional legacy. Now you say, what right does a man up there on the platform have to talk about emotions with the women of the church? (laughs) None, okay? But I'm going to tell you this. There's some proof in the Bible, okay? There's some proof in the Bible that an emotional legacy is important. And I'm not talking about like letting your children see you cry or letting them see you resolve or not be angry, just like things like that. I'm talking about something a little bit bigger and more so than that. It's something that requires time and consistency. It's a process, and we won't always get it right as parents, and you as mothers have not always gotten it right. But it is possible to be intentional in encouraging emotional wholeness in your children and in your grandchildren. I'm trying to right now, my wife is as well, trying to encourage in small ways 
our children so that they understand, our two daughters, so that they understand they are a whole person. You say, that sounds like a weird thing to say. It's just that they don't need somebody else to fulfill them. God created them, and he wants a relationship with them. And I don't need any boys on my front porch, okay? (laughs) Someday they'll come. Actually, we have a neighbor boy that comes all the time to play. But I say that to say emotional wholeness starts at home in seeing the example. You say, well, is this... Is there anything in scripture to talk about what you're saying? Yes. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. There's a word of hope given to the people of Israel in the midst of them being uprooted, in the midst of them being what we could use this term, refugees, in the midst of them having no home, not a righteous king, They're going through a lot of stuff. They've gone through famine and flood. They've had a little bit of blessing. They've dwindled in numbers. They've had disease attack them. They've been confronted by the Lord to get rid of the sin and to be holy. And God gives them this sincere word of comfort and hope through the prophet Isaiah. And he says this, As one whom his mother comforts, God's word. So I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. He's telling them, you're going to be in your home. I'm going to get you back. He's giving them that emotional support and comfort. And he he akins it to a mother comforting a child. There is nothing like the comfort of a mother. So ask yourself this, mom, today. See where you fall in these categories, these questions. Am I providing a safe environment for my children where they can grow deep emotional roots? Am I helping them to grow in their confidence through stability? Am I nurturing and leading them through their emotions? I have a, um, a unique opportunity. I'm choosing my words so well right now. The Holy Spirit is in me. It's I have a unique opportunity as a father to a daughter. um, And I really need to lean on my wife to help my female children understand all their emotions. Because me as a father, sometimes I'm pretty short, sharp, and no time for tears. Let's go. We're just shut up and go. (laughs) You know, like that kind of thing. I'm sorry. There's a little one in here. I've never said shut up to my kids. Um, but my wife has this incredible responsibility and I share it too, but there's nothing like a mother's nurturing nature to help. And you say, well, pastor, what about me? I've got boys or I've got a boy. You can do the same thing. Teach them to be gentle and not crazy. (laughs) Teach them to tame a little bit of their wild side and still be caring and sharing with others. There's an amazing ability that you have as a mother to nurture their emotional life? Do you convey a tone of trusting support? Are you nurturing a strong sense of a positive identity? Is your home a place of calm, a resting place that they can come to? Are you demonstrating God's unconditional... 
I'm missing out on a joke. Um, are, you, are you demonstrating unconditional love like God does? That's a hard thing. Moms, can, can I get an amen? Demonstrating unconditional love? That's tough. I know it's tough on my side being a dad. I know it's got to be tough for you as a mom. Here's the thing. God has tasked you. And we've told our children this. We have one job on this earth. I don't care if I pastor again. I don't care if I'm homeless. I don't care what happens. I have literally two responsibilities. My first is to my wife. And my second is to my children. Is to raise them. That's my job. So when they come at us, well, well, when Susie's mom doesn't, which has happened before, Susie's mom, unfortunately, is not your mom. Or rather, fortunately, <laughs> your mom's name is Amy, and this is the decision that your mom is making. You have to help steer them. And I know it's a job that you get so tired of. And we're so thankful that you work through all the sacrifice all the time. I know there are single mothers in the room. I know there are those who have gone through a divorce and are struggling. And you're like, I, some days I just don't think I can do this. But you can. You can with God's help. Here's the thing. <laughs> I say this as a joke and as a pastor. If all else fails, pray. <laughs> okay? But really, that shouldn't be our last resort. Okay? That should be our first response pray. You don't have all the answers. You don't have the strength. Yes, you need a pedicure and a girl's weekend away from those crazy kids. And you're not going to get it for another 17 weeks probably. But just work through it with God's help. He'll give you the strength that you need to continue on doing what he's called you to do. And the last thing is this third thing. Build a positive social legacy. Um, we got some kids in this world right now that have not been raised right. <laughs> okay? I'm right. Can I get a louder amen? Amen. Okay? Uh, they haven't been raised right. I saw something recently, and I was talking to somebody about it. Um, a Dollar Tree manager somewhere in the north got fired from her job uh, because she, put a, <laughs> she, put a, she closed her store without permission because she wasn't going to be the only worker there, and put a handwritten note up inside the, the door and said, we're closed because none of my help showed up again. And then she said something that really struck a chord and caused her to get fired. I refuse, I will not, or I refuse to hire any person who is under the age of, and she put the age. She said, I just want other people. I don't want anybody in now, we give them a lot of hate. They get a lot of angst from us. But listen, I wasn't responsible to raise them, okay? There were some parents somewhere that were responsible to raise them and help them understand what it's like to have responsibility and to discipline yourself and to do like mommy and daddy do, which is get up and go even if you don't want to. Hello? They need your children. And can I just say to grandmas in the room too, they need to see you living out this life that shows healthy, stable relationships. 
Because as they mature, they start to mimic the things that they see. And you already know that when they were little, they start saying things that they hear. (laughs) Uh, And that's a dangerous thing. And then they start to grow older. They're modeling your behavior. So they're modeling the fact of how you relate to other family members, teachers, peers, friends. Eventually, they learn to relate to their coworkers and their bosses as a result of how their mamas and daddies raised them. So it's not that we have a generational problem today. It's really that we had a parenting problem in the last generation. And I don't want to see us go that route. I'm working hard most days to make sure that that doesn't happen for my kids, for our, for our children. So mom, you've got the opportunity to demonstrate appropriate social interactions Think about it. At home, you learned lessons, mom, about respect, not just table manners, which we still deal with at 13 years of age, but I'm sorry, I I rolled really big there. Table manners, respect for authority, conversations around the dinner table. I'm still surprised all the time when I hear that that it's been weeks since people as a family who live in the same household, bedrooms apart from each other, have sat together and ate a meal. It happens more often than you think. But we learned a lot. You as a woman learned a lot about courtesy, about love, about sharing, about teamwork. You learned that at home. So passing that on will help the social structure of our society be able to be strong. Our modeling as parents and your modeling as a mother plays a key role in this. Listen to what Proverbs 23, verse 13 and 14 say. Well, now that I know Ava's here and we've got another young one, I'm not so sure I'm going to say what I was going to say, but here we go. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him or her with a rod, they're not going to (laughs) die. Some parents looking at their daughters and sons. Listen, the Bible is clear, and I don't know where you fall in this, but I have to like help you understand God's word. All throughout had corporal, that means bodily punishment as a discipline. Those who are anti-spanking, you can talk to me after church and walk through that. But I'm telling you, there should be discipline in the home. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got... Ava, get out of here. Okay, I've got one kid in my house. i got one kid in my house who couldn't care less if you spanked her with a cat of nine tails like Jesus got beat before he got crucified. She just look at you like, okay, you done yet? It just, it doesn't work. But let me just tell you, you take that device from her for one hour, two hour, five hour, 24 hours, you don't get it back until Thursday. I can promise you there's some discipline growing. There's some amazing ability. That rod is better than my belt. The encouragement in scripture is don't withhold discipline. They need it. You're the only person who can give it. 
We have children, we literally have children in this world today in our school systems who are undisciplined in their home and they are entitled in their school. And they cause problems to your children who you've been raising, not like Susie's mama raises, but like you want to raise. And it causes all this conflict. There's a lack of discipline. I'm preaching today. Listen, be encouraged. It's okay. And we're not talking about abusive behavior. The Bible is clear that we should not hurt or harm. But this verse is saying, if you correct them, they're not going to die. Look at what the next verse says. If you strike him, you're going to save him from going to hell. Your little disciplines here and there are going to empower him to walk a life of faith and of good conscience before the people who are in his social circles or her social circles, as it may be. So you have this ability It's hard to dole out discipline and punishment. Sometimes your love wants to conquer all their sin. But loving them means disciplining them. Just like the Lord loves us, and yet he disciplines us, the Bible says. So ask yourself these questions. Do you teach and model respect in your home? Do you encourage the sharing of responsibility? Listen. My kids, uh, we had this whole garbage fiasco a couple weeks ago. Somebody said, I don't know how to take out the trash. I said, guess what your job is this week? I'm going to teach you the ins and outs of putting in a bag and taking that big bag out and taking it to the street even and bringing back the empty cans. We're going we're gonna to do this. Well, I thought only men did that. No, don't. We're all going to do this. Are you accepting of your children but not approving of all of their behavior? Do you accept them for who God made them to be, but yet help them be accountable and not approve of every action that they take? Are you challenging them to grow in their gifting? Do you discipline their bad behavior? Do you offer them hope in the midst of making a poor decision? Do you let them? Your mama lets you make some poor decisions, not so she could sit on the sidelines and laugh at you, but so that you would learn, because some of us learn that way. And some lessons in life are best taught that way when we walk through those things. So here's the final thought. How do you overcome a negative legacy? Some of us in the room have had a negative legacy given to us by our mother or our parents or grandparents. Maybe it's an uncle that raised us, whatever the case may be. If you've received a negative legacy, you can put a stop to it today. There is no thing like a generational curse that will not be part of your life if you choose it not to be part of your life. Amen? The first thing you've got to do is forgive the giver. I worded it like this because it's the person who's bestowed that negative legacy on you. You need to forgive. We talk about forgiveness often because it's important to talk about. Because we have so many opportunities given to us in this life to do so. To forgive like Jesus forgives. People have asked before, how do you forgive somebody who's dead? Maybe they've passed on. They gave me a negative legacy and influence in some way. And I don't know how, how to do that. 
Trust me, through prayer and time in God's presence, you can forgive them. You can just speak out those words, I forgive you. It doesn't, doesn't have to happen over the phone. They don't have to be in the room. If possible, you want it to be something like that where there's healing and wholeness and reconciliation. But man, I tell you, you offering forgiveness and just speaking that out, I forgive, fill in the blank, brings so much power, health, and healing to you. In fact, the Bible says it brings health to your bones. It can heal you. Learn and adopt new healthy behaviors. Go on a search. Get a book. Thumb through it at Barnes & Noble. Look online. Ask for help. I'm dealing with an issue with my child who is blah, blah, blah. Google it. Don't trust your first Google result. Okay, Ask pastor for some parenting books. We've got resources and some great things. But if you feel like you were given a negative legacy that involves unhealthy behaviors then learn and adopt new ones. Go to God's word and see what it says about dealing with anger, dealing with fill in the blank, and then you'll start to be able to have that healthy behavior. And then the last challenge is to stay on course. To every mother that's in this room today, and to my wife specifically, to my mom specifically, I'm so thankful for you staying on course. I know it's not been easy. But I'm so thankful. And I say that because I really think it's from the heart of God today. That he wants to tell you how much he loves you, mom. For all your sacrifice, all you've gone through. And all you've kept on putting up with just to get to that little glimmer of hope. Because God is on the other side of what you face. Would you stand with me? You don't have to have it all figured out. No mother is perfect. The point is just to be intentional about the legacy that you're leaving. You can have an off day. It's okay. You can have a couple days off. The whole point is don't be off forever. Get back on and stay the course. I believe the next generation, your children need you to do that. Their children need you to do that. Literally. The hope of the world is Jesus Christ and the only way, the only way that he will be found by people is if we are building a spiritual legacy with our kids. Those are the ones God gave us to be able to transmit that into the future. If your mom's here, would you put your hand over her shoulder? If your wife's here and she's a mother, put your arm around her. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over the moms that are here today as we dismiss to go have some cookies and a photo booth and enjoy some time thinking about all the good things that we've experienced with mom. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my mother. I thank you for the godly example that she's been. Lord, I thank you for my wife, for the godly example that she is. 
for the amazing woman that she is and mother. God, I pray for the mothers that are here today that you would encourage them. Lord, I know that they're tired. I know some of them are weak and worn out. God, I pray that you would fill them with hope and joy and encouragement. Help them, Lord. Help the grandmothers in this room to not give up hope in the midst of helping to raise grandchildren. Help them to see that they still have moments of living a legacy and depositing something into the children that they call grandchildren. God, I pray that you would help them all to experience your peace and your presence today. And Lord, I pray for those that are dealing with a negative legacy. Lord, I pray that you would heal hurts that have been existing for a long time. God, I pray that you would heal and help us to move forward into a better future and brighter future because of the positive legacy that these women in this room today make on this next generation. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we say, amen.